Yo, this is the ancient Texan. There's some bird in the background here. Well, there's actually a couple. I'm out in the gazebo. Mondays are kind of a slow day for me, or a difficult day for me. I come off of the, you know, I watched some football yesterday. I'm not a big fan of football, but I, I enjoy it occasionally. I like competition. I've been doing a series here on, you know, the pluses of global warming. The last one I did is, you know, global warming saves lives. That interestingly, with that title, has only got two viewers. See, doom and gloom sell a whole lot better than good news. Who wants to hear that global warming might actually save lives? In that talk, we talk about how more people die from the cold than die from heat. And almost everybody agrees with that. Not everybody, but kind of striking argument is that many more people die in the winter than in the summer. Kind of indicating there's a correlation between cold you know, admittedly, the viruses and bugs uh, come out in the winter, but that's kind of, that's winter. I mean, the mechanism that does it, I'm not sure, is real, real important. So, I'm going to go over a few more positives of global warming. And what I mostly I'm trying to do is to get people asking what's the other side of the story what's like you're told one thing doom and gloom and the world is ending and we're terrible by you know not taking this more serious and spending more money um, but we completely ignore what the good things are and so that means we can't have a real discussion about you know how bad is this really and a kind of a weighting of what's important to us now to me I've convinced myself by reading the literature and stuff that there's more pluses than minuses with global warming so that makes me a radical uh, conspiracy theorist or something really bad um, but I, I think there's actually quite a bit of uh, data out there that's positive now first thing less people dying because it's cold that I, I weight that pretty heavy I think that's like wow that that's a big deal I'm getting old and Cold weather is harder for me to manage. Um, I actually have a heart murmur and a little arrhythmia from time to time. And it's worse when I get cold. I can feel my body like when I go out and I'm not properly clothed or even when I am and it's really cold. You know how your body kind of tenses up and my heart might skip a few beats because my heart's working harder 
the blood vessels are constricting. It's trying to keep blood at my core instead of out of my extremities. Um, the heart <clears throat> cranks up and works harder to do that. Now, I don't know. Maybe it builds heart muscle or something. <laughs> Somehow makes me more robust for the future. But uh, I, I think I do that little tongue-in-cheek. I think that March of Age is going to dominate that story. That story says that there's a good reason why a lot of people move to Florida from the Northeast or move to Arizona. There's a reason for that. And I guess I'm kidding myself as I get closer to 80 than 70 um, that I'm just going to stay here and in Maryland. One thing, and, and this may seem actually a little crazy because it's probably not statistically valid, but the winters here seem like they're getting easier. Or maybe we're just in a warm streak. Maybe there's no, you know, big pattern and I'm just in a little blip here of uh, warmness. Okay, back to the, the topic. What's some pluses of global warming? We just did the less people die in the cold. Well, as places get warmer, you know, if you're on a hot desert in the middle of the Middle East, maybe getting warmer is not, you know, not so cool. <laughs> no pun intended, I guess there is. But if you live in Siberia or Russia, getting warmer doesn't sound like such a bad deal. Now, Here's a, you know, this, these are things I've just picked off the internet. And he, let me read this one. The Arctic, Antarctic, Siberia, and other frozen reg, regions of the Earth might experience more plant growth and milder climates. That's almost a duh statement with global warming. Longer growing seasons could mean increased agricultural production in some areas guess who has a huge wheat belt that is just barely warm enough to grow wheat and just barely get a season of wheat in the Russians and Ukraine is part of that, but apparently Ukraine has better, better soil. But it's they're still part of that same same area. Now, there's been a lot of talk about how the last two years were the hottest on record for a bunch of places. I don't know if that's universal for the whole, you know, northern half of the globe or for the whole world. But anyway, every. You know, we saw the news from Phoenix, you know, 100 days in a row of 100 degree weather and a lot of places had all sorts of heat records this year. And of course, as Americans, we only hear about um, ourselves or narcissistic, bleh, that way. But Europe... Um, kind of has some hot days too but guess what 
this hypothetical that you know the wheat belt may expand Russia just had two consecutive years of the largest production in their history coincidence with global warming and the last two years being the hottest on record I've heard that claim I don't know if it's true but I've definitely heard it on the TV a bunch of times and coincidentally Russia has the two largest crop production years during the middle of a war in the middle of fuel shortage that they've ever had prices for wheat and grains in general have collapsed Russian farmers are losing money because they grew too much stuff and they're flooding the market with it Russia's actually had to ban the export of gasoline kerosene the, you know the products that you make out of uh, crude oil They've actually shut down half of the refineries because they also have a lot of you know producers have to sell cheaper to domestic markets and so they lose money so they quit making it and it's it's not you know they're having the pains of trying to control the economics instead of just letting the market do it but isn't that a coincidence and in general the planet right now is producing more food than it ever has even in the middle of knocking out a lot of Ukraine production because of the war <clears throat> doesn't that sound like good news that we're easily feeding the planet now distribution is still a problem you have food piled up in one place and it's rotten or Russia's dropping bombs on it to destroy it um, that there's enough food it, getting it to the people that need it is, is a problem inequity is a problem distribution is a problem but the core issue is that you know we're told this doom and gloom that as the planet heats up food production may be jeopardized well it may be in some places that's but it's also improved in other places and the global food production it's not at all clear to me that there's evidence that that is in jeopardy because of global warming and there's a whole lot of food production may could this might happen kind of talk when you listen to climate people doom and gloom in their tone even though their words are saying maybe a lot of the time so we've got the two big ones now less people are dying because of cold weather food production is expanding in places like Russia Ukraine those sound like pretty good pluses to me 
the next we're going on to number three the next ice age could possibly be prevented you know the ice age which is way out in the future you know for this guy and my you know my hold on life is probably not going to live to the next ice age but delaying or even making the next ice age milder that didn't sound so bad to me have you seen these pictures where you know the ice goes way down from you know all those lakes and stuff made in uh, Canada those zillion lakes the glaciers you know move down and you know cut those out moves on down toward the northern part of the US and and like thinking the worst part of it it came way down into the US that that doesn't sound bad, so bad to me of course that's way out in the future but a lot of this bad stuff is way out into the future also okay moving on here's another one and this is a real one the northwest passage through the formerly icy Canadian Arctic archipelago could arguably open up to transportation. Well, this is mostly benefits Russia. If you look, they have more land um, with a northern um, face in the Arctic, however you want to say that, right next to the Arctic and in the, in the Arctic Circle. And they're already using uh, ships and stuff to deliver stuff to China. Unfortunately, some of it oil to keep uh, money coming in for their killing people in Ukraine, which is not good. Which is kind of the whole story of the everything has good and bad. But they're actually using the Northern Passage to reduce um, their shipping links like 30-40%. Just going straight across the top of Russia and then going down through the um, Pacific Ocean to China. Instead of going all the way around Europe and through the you know, Mediterranean and Suez Canal and over past India to China that saves a lot of money also eventually may be a way to get stuff like food and stuff from from Russia to China so you know that happens to be serving the interest of our biggest enemy at the moment uh, more than it is us but it also will help uh, Canada is I think the second biggest country on the planet which I never realized that we got a huge area but a lot of it's in the Arctic and then Alaska has quite a bit of uh, Alaska's in the Arctic so it makes transportation through there, transportation, big cost, you know, part of the cost of things. So it makes, you know, deliveries cheaper, makes life cheaper, makes us have more money in our pocket. It, it's kind of, um, efficiency actually does trickle out to everybody, you know. 
giving tax breaks to rich people, the trickle-down economics, that doesn't work so well. But making life more efficient, like this phone that I have in my hand, helps everybody. And making transportation cheaper, there's a little trickle effect there for all of us. So, here's one that people aren't going to like. But it makes untapped oil and gas reserves in the Arctic more available. Russia's already doing a lot of drilling. Canada's exploring. U.S. is exploring. Um, there's a lot of energy stored below the Arctic. And then I hear the environmentalists cringe and how we're going to destroy the world by drilling. And undoubtedly there's going to be damage. There's also damage by not having low-cost energy. And yes, we need to do it in a way that does the least amount of damage and how that's done. And But this idea that we're doing the world a favor by delaying, by cutting back on oil production um, and low-cost energy to the six billion people on this planet that need low-cost energy to move out of poverty or three billion people whatever however you want to define poverty affects that that cutoff line there's a lot of people that the difference between them having an easy life and living a decent amount of years on this planet and having the life that you enjoy that you value, that you treasure, that you hang on to is energy. Well, global warming will make more energy accessible even though it's the kind of energy you don't like. However, it will also make more energy from like the Sahara Desert might actually get hotter and actually make more solar energy. We've got big solar plants and uh, I forgot the name of the country but it's uh, north east um, Africa putting huge solar farms and then putting a high voltage cable under the Mediterranean and going over there to uh, I think it's Spain but it's to Europe. Big cables, and they're doing that in uh, Australia. Cables over to Thailand, I think it is. That's um, global warming actually making that work better. A little bit hotter, a little bit more sun. Now, does it move all the good and bad areas around on the planet? Yes. It moves stuff. Where you're used to grow stuff, maybe it's too hot, but some other place grows better. But this isn't like it just happens in a heartbeat. Uh, and a lot of the stuff that we see that happens quickly is just normal variations in weather and not really a, a long-term trend. 
but the long-term real changes are going to happen very slowly and good areas and bad areas are going to move around but guess what we're humans we adapt we change and like always the poor people take the worst of it but that's what it means to be poor the biggest thing you can do to help poor people is give them low cost energy now one option is huge investments and helping some of them by putting in solar and wind farms or you can help a lot more with um natural gas but I mean you want to help a lot of them in natural gas nuclear is the way to do it you just want to have help less of them than solar and wind's the way to do it because you only have a limited amount of dollars in your back pocket right you got to spend that some way and what's the most effective way to do it if you have less If you buy the more expensive options, then you can help less people. Now, I'm not saying that in some cases solar is um, less expensive and it ought to be part of the mix. Um, but the optimum is not 100% solar, it can't be. Because of its intermittent nature and not, the, the optimum is not 100% wind or 100% wind and solar it just doesn't work you need a base load you can depend on you know when you have a couple of weeks of cloudy windless weather or you can let it get cold and people die or you can pick a power source that's stable and that provides a base load and then use these intermittent sources as a complement to the base load which is probably the most logical one is nuclear and that's the small nuclear power plants where we get both the cost and the risk down and thorium reactors that don't have the long term uh, radiation that lasts you know 100,000 years crap 300 years is pretty pretty manageable that's a heartbeat in civilization time so we've just done um, a couple of things cold people cold less cold less people die and it offsets the number of people die because of heat uh, the growing season and life could be a lot easier for people that live in cold areas um, more access to oil and gas reserves then we, then we have some you know things that I'm just winging here you know there's the talk about how coral is being killed as the ocean gets warmer but ocean only gets warmer in some places it actually gets there's still actually cold water out there it just has to go to a higher latitude so what keeps the coral from migrating north 
don't know. So that's something I'd like to know about because it sounds to me like nature could adapt. And nature could be okay. Here's another plus, and we've, I've actually covered this in a whole other podcast. And I know you guys are going to be scouring over my past podcast and trying to find it. But it's probably easier just to type on Google. But high, higher COT, CO2 makes plants more robust. It's kind of like getting fertilizer from the air. They do it in hothouses to make plants grow better. Well, there's been a greening of the earth over the last few decades. And it's a substantial amount. I don't remember the exact amount, but it's like... The planet is 15-20% greener. Like they take the pictures from the satellites and say, yep, that's green, that's not green. Well, the green area on the planet has increased by a lot because of the higher CO2. Hmm. That sounds good to me. Doesn't it sound good to you? And even, you know, they're worried about desertification, but actually... The, even around deserts and stuff, uh, the general trend is um, there's more green. Now, are there areas that are turned brown because it just got too hot? Yep, there are. But the net effect is there's a lot more green. And if you believe Google, you can go through and sort that out. We've done it before here, so I'm not not my fault nobody listens to my podcast <laughs> well it's not nobody just we're not tearing the world up here but that's okay I appreciate the few of you that are out there listening share it with your friends subscribe and you know someday I could make 50 bucks a month I've actually got an x-rated channel that actually makes money <laughs> just a little secret out there So, we've had these, I think, legitimately good things that are happening because of global warming. And we're having bad things that are happening. Like some places are getting too hot for people and... Supposedly there's more storms, but that actually isn't actually been proven yet, the the trend line. Um, And here's here's another one for you. Just put this in your pipe and smoke it. I've been reading this one guy that claims that if you get below like 150 parts per million CO2, will be in a CO2 famine and that plants can't survive and we will have the opposite effect of global warming with increasing CO2 at some point if you get too low CO2 plants start dying the amount of green on the planet starts shrinking see because CO2 gets converted into 
wood and then wood sticks around sometimes for decades even there's wood in buildings and stuff that have been there centuries so it kind of ties up that but even more seriously co2 dissolves in the ocean and it gets made into crustacea um that's a pretty permanent thing so co2 gradually gets sucked into making shells for all those little sea creatures that like to live in their own little houses so is there a chance of co2 getting so low that it seriously impacts green life on the planet is that a like a real thing i'm i'm listening to some guy that that claims it is but i don't know if he knows what the hell he's talking about being a discerning list listener that kind of explores a lot of stuff i kind of put a lot of stuff on the you know the back burners of my brain and say i need more data but i want people that actually know what the hell they're talking about to address that issue and I want to listen to them but see our discussions are so heavily weighted on the bad things that come from global warming um it's like trying to turn on fox and hear something good about biden or turn on MSNBC and hear something good about Trump. It's just not going to happen. It's just it's it's a screwed up world. We're not in search of the truth. We're in the search of being right. So right now with global warming, it's become this big religion that it's doom and gloom and that's the religion. It reminds me of Uh, when I sat as a small child in a church building my feet my legs not long enough so that my knees were uh, still on the bench and my legs are sticking right out in front of this church pew and there's a big big preacher yelling about hell and damnation and me going to hell scaring me giving me a lot of anxiety about if I was being good enough to escape going to hell if, if I had done you know my plan of salvation if I had executed it well enough and that extended into my early teenage years before I started saying the hell with it figuratively speaking took me 30 to get out of it but uh cults are hard to get out of and I give myself a tap pat on the back for getting out of it eventually still in damage control but <clears throat> at least on I'm on the you know the green side of the river now but that's a lot of global warming and climate change and 
even woke. All of it's kind of the doom and gloom and things are really rotten and really even Black Lives Matter. It's kind of the focus on the doom and gloom of life. I'm, I'm not big into that. I'm big into trying to find some joy and love and like that that bird that was here that was squawking. I kind of liked his almost rude interruptions that he was blessing me with his presence here. And there's another bird tweeting and both of them are gone now. All I can hear is the rumble of the freeway about half a mile away. I don't know if that comes across on the video or not. Then my backyard is in the, the last month or so here. Some of my trees are actually starting to lose leaves. It's always kind of a sad time for me. This can be beautiful, but it's I, I love the hot green weather. So... that it might be a little warmer here my last decade or so on this planet. That's not terrifying to me. Oh, now we got the buzz of some kind of... Um, I'm guessing it's somebody's washing their house or something with a power sprayer. Or lawnmower, who the hell knows. Something making noise. Anyway, this is the ancient Texan talking a little longer than I wanted to. But I'm not into this looking at global warming like it's a big disaster. Maybe it's going to present some problems to humanity. That humanity, if they put their heads down, do a little thinking, do a little engineering... We can, we can work around it. It's not an existential threat. You, if you need a definition of existential, think of nuclear weapons. That's existential. So, if you can't see the need to dial your rhetoric back a little bit when you think about global warming, and that things are going to be all right, we don't need to be in a panic. It's like, okay, things are going to change slowly. We're humans. We're going to adapt. And if we're good humans, we'll help the poor people that get <clears throat> affected by global warming. Of course, we probably won't. We've got plenty of people to help right now. We're not helping. But it's not that we can't help them and that we're not able to help them and that it's something beyond our control it is very much within our control. And most of global warming, even things like tornadoes and stuff, you can build structures strong enough to with, withstand tornadoes. You can even build this. This is radical. But if you're in a place that gets tornadoes all the, all the time, and it's really serious, your house becomes a basement. You just, you know, you keep mo you keep a lot of your structure um, underground. Voila. 
it, it can be done, that's what I'm saying. And the number of places on the planet that it needs to actually be done is actually pretty small. A lot of other places, you know, when you move, when you get more tornadoes, you don't get more tornadoes everywhere. There are some places that will become tornado alleys and other places that used to be won't be. Because everything is going to be moving around. And tornadoes, yep, they're bad. And they kill people. But people freezing, although it's not as dramatic, actually kills more people. So if you want to keep it on the logic side, this is not an existential crisis. This is a problem humanity is facing that we can face. And there's a lot of problems a lot higher up on the list. But this is a Monday morning and I've rambled too much already. It's a beautiful day here in Maryland. I guess it's in the 70s right now. Low 70s. It's absolutely gorgeous, bright sunshine. It's moving toward a high of 81, which is manageable. Um, I should probably go on a hike today. Got some good things happening with my career, perhaps. May have my house in Corpus Christi contract signed today. A lot of good things are happening. So this is the ancient Texan hoping your world's got some bright spots and that you can see them. Right there in the midst of those little dark areas in your life, hopefully there's some green spots that you can find. Some bright spots. I hear the bird coming back. That's good. This is the ancient Texan. Namaste.